Greetings. Today is October 31st, 2016. My name is Ginger Donnell, creator and host of Broken Boxes Podcast. We all have the power to share information and spread awareness about what is currently taking place in Standing Rock, North Dakota. We are the media. This is the second episode featuring a collection of live Facebook feed posts from water protectors providing first-hand accounts and information regarding what has taken place from October 27th to October 30th, 2016 on the front line. Material rebroadcast here is from Facebook pages including Indigenous Environmental Network, Unicorn Riot, Idle No More, Sacred Stone Camp, Red Warrior Camp, International Indigenous Youth Council, Activist Post, and many Facebook live broadcasts from individuals whom are listed in the text accompanying this podcast. This rebroadcasting is an attempt to allow this information to reach further than one media forum of Facebook. To share this story in the way the water protectors creating these live broadcasts have asked us all to do. To get the message out into the world and break media blackout. We are the media. We are all connected. Not one single person can live without water. We are Standing Rock. People are really clearly saying they're not going to get out of the way. It looks like a... Uh, the police are firing the LRAD now. It looks like the roadblock up here is going up in flames. Uh, the LRAD's now going off. People are backing up. Uh, there's two LRADs from my understanding. You can hear two of them going. That's really loud and really uncomfortable. People are still in the front waving flags. Uh, they're firing the LRAD again. Uh, personally, me, I'm tired of being fucking oppressed. These people have been oppressing us for over five fucking hundred years. I'm tired of this shit, to be honest. You know, I'm here to make a change. And if, fuck, if we have to do it this way, then we're gonna have to do it this way. Humvees with snipers in the turrets up there as well. And they're telling everyone to move south. He will only listen to us and understand our struggles for the water for the benefit of everybody. We wouldn't be in this spot. That's all we're here is to protect the water and the sacred integrity of this land and our relationship to each other. These lines of police officers, uh, they're there because the water protectors moved on when they saw construction and happening right down there. You can see the excavators, they're bringing in railroad ties. And it looks like they're making their, making their arrests. It's the first arrest that happened today. And uh, people are really, you can see the construction happening as the police are moving in. So the police are actively trying to clear this camp out. Even if we arrest somebody, so they we will somebody not in, them, they arrest them. So the people have formed this new blockade. Helicopters showed up flying up overhead. Uh, they've made a few arrests, they've used pepper spray on some people. They're continually moving towards the new winter camp. It's in direct line of the easement.
and they're making more and more lines. There's like a big circle of people praying behind us, a bunch of people on the road. And uh, here they've been holding this ground. They don't want them to come into this camp. You can see all these teepees, and the police already made it clear they're planning to take them all down once they get here. Now they're holding a, a, a multi-round grenade launcher. But now they have left patrol rounds aimed at people. There are big OC canisters as well. You can see the police officers have now made a, a kind of quarter all the way around it and are slowly trying to push everyone out of this camp. That's the pipeline route right there. That's where the Dakota Access Pipeline is supposed to come through, directly through this ground to that camp that was set up. We're here to protect the sacred water and sacred Mother Earth. And I just don't want to have to have to tell my kids when they ask me, what does is, what is clean water taste like? Part of the International Indigenous Youth Council. I stand in solidarity with you and me and my people. Stay away from the officers. Do not get out of the pickup. Stay at the pickup. Tons of pepper spray in the air now. The wind is sort of on. Yeah, they're, they're reaching tons of pepper spray. Out of uh, less lethal ammunition fired into the crowd, which can be lethal at point blank range, and it was point blank range. Like this took down somebody, they're stepping on them. So right now people with medicine stabs are trying to hold their line, they're holding it in prayer. Water protectors trying to defend Missouri, and you can see uh, what they're, they're facing today. Hey, 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 hey. 
26th, October 27th, here, um, 2016. I'm here with the International Indigenous Youth Council. We have several wounded. Kaylin, can you show me what happened to you today? He's been shot twice by beanbag guns. Jason, what happened to you? Got maced four times. Five. Five times. I wasn't counting. I worked. Who else got hurt? I got maced in my eyes. I'm the getaway car. They took my sage. I'm too cool. They tried to arrest me for standing there, and the officer looked down at my hand and grabbed my arm and started twisting it because he saw it hurt. And luckily, good cane and these guys and a couple other were there because they didn't get me. I had to run away, but they almost broke it. They rebroke it, and I saw him. I saw the officer that did it the first time. You guys, what happened to our other brothers and sisters? They got arrested. Speak their names. Terrell and Trenton. Trenton. Emily. Cameron. Leah! You guys, they what are the- They took our staff! They, they, took, our staff. Staff. they took our staff! You guys, state your ages. And it's 17. 21. 22. 24. 20. 17. <laughs> I was like, you're not 17, but you are. Okay. Everyone, I want you to see that these are members of our youth that are here. I want you to see their faces. When I wrote to you today and told you that President Obama, I needed you to watch. These are our youth that are out here. I warned you that they were out here and I warned you that I would hold you personally accountable if anything happened to them. We have several wounded because you have yet to step in. Again, this is Aaron Wise on behalf of the International Indigenous Youth down the line they're pushing everyone back if you can see they're down there they're pushing everyone back from sacred grounds President Obama I told you that if any of our youth got hurt that I was going to hold you responsible not one not two not three not four not five, but six of our youth were hurt today. My little sister was maced, her arm was rebroken, and I am holding you responsible. I was maced five different times and tear gas with the bullets hitting my face directly. We also have my little brother who is not out here that was hit by beanbag guns. I just wanna let you know that you are being held responsible for what is happening to our people right now. We us. were unarmed they and lied they lied to, to us and they said that we could go peacefully if we go and we started walking and then they started getting people and hitting people, amazing people, yes. being backing us. They shot a guy off of his horse and he fell. We were all maced, all of us, several different times. They took our teepee. They said they wouldn't. They said they would let us get it down, but they took it and broke it. They took our altars. They took our church. What would be a church to you is a church to us. Our altars, our sacred altars and our staffs, even a chinupa was taken, a sage stick, a prayer stick was taken. We weren't using them violently and they took them from us. We weren't violent. And they beat us. They beat them. They lied to us. They said we can go out there and get our vehicles as they were passing us back. I showed them my keys. I told them I have a vehicle out there and they lied to my face. And they, they wouldn't let us grab they it. Wouldn't, they almost got me twice. We were backing up listening. Two times they almost grabbed me. And we were doing as they were saying, oh. and yet they come out at us with rubber bullets, beanbag guns. 
And they're still pushing them back. Still pushing us back. Tell me, uh, give me your name and why you're here and what they just did. My name is Dana Yellowfat. I'm a Standing Rock Sioux Tribal Councilman. And uh, what they just did was they advanced on the line to state police. And uh, they used concuss concussion grenades and they, they looked like they shot directly at a girl. And they missed her and they hit another guy in the neck and opened up a, a big wound on his neck. Like point blank range, maybe 15 yards they shot him with that concussion grenade. Whose land is this traditionally? This is Ocheti Shakoi land, the Great Sioux Nation. And why are people here? People are here to protect this land. People are here to protect this water. And as, as you guys were up there uh, with the police, there was DAPL still working? Dapple, I, I couldn't tell if Dapple's working or not, but a lot of their workers are lined up on the west side of the road, uh, watching everybody, everybody and everything that's taking place there. Directly behind all of the officers that are that are uh, holding the west side of the of the um, road, officers, approximately 100 officers holding the west side of the road, and. Uh, Dapple workers are lined up behind them. What do, what do people need to know about this? Are there people and non-natives out there? If you believe in protecting our water, if you believe in clean water for everyone, not just for our people, then get here and help us. Get here, help us. Please oh, tell people thank you. listening on NPR who you are. What happened with the medics you were in in the car? The, the medics who were driving our medic car, uh, after we were struck and knocked off the back of the medic car, police advanced and without even letting our medic driving put her vehicle in park, pulled her out and arrested her. One of our other medics was nearly struck by that vehicle oh, while it was still moving uh, because they, they pulled her out while uh, without letting her stop the vehicle. Oh, uh, and he was arrested. Both of those medics were arrested. Uh, were they were they clearly marked medic? Both of them were clearly marked and the vehicle that we were in had red crosses on it and they knew they had red crosses. They had seen us treating people all morning already. They knew they we were medics. They identified us as medics and even intentionally taken one of the tools, a squirt bottle of spray that I was he took it away from you? He snatched, snatched, he pocket, snatched it through the line. They sprayed me with my hands up and my back to him with all my medic markings clearly showing me. They sprayed me head to toe. Um, yeah, we saw that the, the shooter at the top of the MRAP had a silencer on his assault rifle. Oh, if they're here for peace, if they're not here for trickery, why do they have silencers on their weapons? We saw them shoot numerous beanbag rounds out of shotguns. They pointed shotguns at me. They pointed shotguns at my back while I was treating patients. People were repeatedly calling for folks to take their finger off the trigger because they were standing in line with their fingers. All right, I'm trying this again. I, I, it wasn't working before. Hey, folks. Um, so I'm back in Ocheti Shot going camp. I'm safe. Uh, I was pepper sprayed. I made it out. Um, there's a number of people that got arrested. There was mass arrests that happened. Um, 
There was pepper spray that was used. There was concussion grenades that were, were used. Uh, um, beanbags, uh, beanbags were being shot into the crowd. And um, right now, I'm back in Ocheti Shakoni camp, the main camp. Action is happening about two miles north of me. Uh, there are two smoke plumes right now. Um, just to the south of me is Dakota Axis equipment is, has uh, been set on fire. That's at the drill pad site that was deactivated like a number of months ago by our initial actions. Um, also south of me at the intersection of County Road 134 and 1806, there is a vehicle on fire that is, I guess, Dakota Access vehicle, I believe. I'm not sure. It's a truck I saw. Um, it's blocking County Road 134 itself. And uh, there is a, a significant police. There's a, the, the police line is, is north of us, um, about four miles north or three miles north. Um, it's, 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 it's nuts. Um, my auntie Casey Camp was arrested along with Russell Eagle Bear, who is a uh, THPO officer for the Rosebud Sioux Nation. Casey Camp, a lot of folks know her, is an amazing force, and she is uh, the tribal council, a tribal council member of the Ponca Nation out of Oklahoma. And they made a stand, they had a ceremony, they prayed with the, the, the pipe. They stayed with the pipe. I know it's breaking up, I'm sorry, there's bad reception here, and I'll try to do another update you later. But they were praying with their, their Chinupa and the pipe, and they decided to stand in solid, and, in prayer and um, they were rounded up and they were mass they were arrested um, and it's kind of chaos it's really really chaotic and I think you may people have been watching through photos and, and pictures they said it's they you can get that message you get that clear as day it was really chaotic um, so yeah they had oh yeah they, they had uh, the sound these they had these um, sound cannons that were basically uh, emitted like a high-pitched noise that was really painful to the ear to push people back and they were using that in, in, in the... So they took four youth council and made six youth um, and um, the, I saw the, one of the, the young woman who her arm was, she had a fracture in her arm from a baton from the other action that happened like a week ago was maced. I saw her um, on the front. I don't know whether she's been arrested thus far or not. She's not arrested. Okay. So, um, people are relatively safe right now in this space. Action is all happening to the south of us. Dakota Access is still trying to move ahead with construction. North, and north. north of us, north of us, sorry, north. And I don't know if you want to say any words? Okay. And I just want to say that I, I, I'm still trying to process all this shit. It's like still, like my adrenaline is still running. Um, so I might not be able to give the most adequate update as possible about trying to give you as much information um oh there was this moment it's crazy okay there's two things that was crazy i forgot to leave out um two well first 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 and foremost there are no weapons on our side none of our people have weapons or had weapons the only weapons that you saw today were being held by North Dakota state law enforcement or other law enforcement who are, guy, who are there that that's the only weapons that were on site the only things that we had was our bodies in prayer that's it. And so that you have to de definitely be mindful of that. The other thing is that at a moment when the police were pushing us, uh, pushing us south, um, there was all these buffalo, these bison came running to the, to the east. Like there's a herd of bison came running over the, over the hills, this stampeding. And everybody was like, Whoa! War, like they were just letting it out. 
because they saw all these like it was probably a good couple hundred bison that were were, were stampeding behind the police line and then a couple, like a couple of seconds later you saw some water protectors on horseback who were put who were guiding who were basically corralling the the buffalo um to come to come over and uh the police went out on atvs the helicopter zoomed in super low and like pushed the buffalo away like he scared the buffalo back and then there was what proceeded to happen was a chase on like eight these police on atvs were, were chasing our horseback riders and they were shooting like um it looked like concussion grenades shooting them at the horses but i don't know what happened it looked like the horses get, did get out that's what i was told the second thing was on the way back to this camp just right over this hill there's a, there's a, a small creek and there's a, a, a body of water there as we're coming back in the water about 50 yards out was a, a, a man Oh, uh, a man that had a, an automatic rifle. It was a man. I know that. I'm getting to. I'm building a story here, dude. Chill out. So he was. There was a man with a rifle in the water, and he was being. Um, it, there was a number of our water protectors who were trying to de-escalate and negotiate with him. It turns out that gentleman, we believe, is works for Dapple. Was a Dakota Access worker. He had crossed. Um, he had crossed a barricade. People saw him brandishing a, an automatic rifle while he was driving. And so water protectors took it upon themselves to basically push his vehicle off the road. He jumped out of the car and ran out into the water. It's like a small pond. And he stood there and our folks stepped in to negotiate and de-escalate the situation. Um, after some time, Bureau of Indian Affairs police officers who have been on the res came down and provided assistance and arrested the gentleman and basically took him wherever the BIA takes him. Um, right here, out of his vehicle is is uh, proof of his his uh, employment with Dakota Access. It says insurance information that was in the vehicle that he was driving in, and it uh, demonstrates that he was an employee or a contractor with Dakota Access Pipeline, and he had an automatic rifle going through our our our, our front lines and putting our people at risk. Like I said. We don't have any weapons. The only weapons we have are it's just our bodies and, and prayer. That's that's not a weapon. That's just us. So the only things you see, only acts of aggression are coming from the other side. So um, that's it. I, that's all my. That's I, I have a bunch of uh, footage. I have some videos. I'm gonna be uploading and um, prayers. Prayers for our folks on the front line because the fight's not over. There's still action happening. There's still arrests being made. You know, the thing that's crazy about this is this, this shit's crazy because what we saw today is is basically just another part of 500 years of colonization and aggression by a system that is predicated upon our oppression. That's, and I hope the question I have to ask for North Dakota residents North Dakota citizens and South Dakota citizens and Minnesota and Wisconsin and all the other uh, precincts have sent police officers here to back up the Morton County Sheriff is what's it going to take you know for you to step up and ask for accountability from your law enforcement officers oh no I know that it's what what was demonstrated today is that there is at what it's we've seen at what lengths they're willing to go to support and back up and in multi-billion dollar oil oil, com oil company in the face of peaceful protesters or protectors.
we ask for prayers. We ask for thoughts. And we also ask for guided action from each and every one of you to help us stop this pipeline. Call the, more, uh, call the, the, the governor of North Dakota and tell him to call off his dogs. To acknowledge the rights and the concerns that we have, the valid rights and concerns of those here, of the Standing Rock Sioux Nation and of the other Native peoples here. We ask you to get a hold of the White House, President Obama, who has the power at this moment, at this moment, he could they, the administration could decide to revoke the permits of, to cross that river and to order a full environmental impact statement. At any moment, they can do that. You can even contact the, the Omaha office, uh, uh, Army Corps of Engineers Omaha office. They have the power. The, uh, the ranking colonel there has the power to order, to revoke the permit and to order, order a full EIS. That's what I ask. Continue the pressure. I, we ask, continue to pressure the financiers, the banks behind this thing. Whether it's, whether it's uh, um, Wells Fargo or Citigroup, you know. So continued action. Much love. Teach every one of you. Paula Horn's here. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you guys later. All right. So today was an emotional rush. Like it was just emotional. And we all had to sit on the sidelines and watch our loved ones get attacked. Um, 1851 was taken. 1851 camp was taken. And... 105 people were arrested today for protecting 10 million people's drinking water. You got to understand that North Dakota Highway HP and PD law enforcement are being used as a private militia um, protecting a, a, a company, people over pipelines, people over pipelines. 105 were arrested today. Mm -hmm. A horse was killed. They were shooting at people. On the horses, a horse was killed. They ripped men from Inika Khapi, that's a lodge, a sweat lodge. As they were praying, they ripped them out of out of their sweat lodge. A dapple worker, a dapple worker, showed up with a with a gun and pulled it on 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 our people. We are unarmed, and we will continue to be unarmed. But this movement started in prayer, and we need to continue as prayers. 105 were arrested today. And that's what we need to know. 105. Our legal fund needs to be shared. The camp legal fund needs to be shared. And a horse was killed. Men were... Elders were pepper sprayed. Rubber bullets were fired at people. Remember, we are not the ones causing violence. We're not the one enticing violence. And and it was a dapple worker that, that pulled a gun on us. It was a dapple worker. It was a Dakota Access LLC that pulled a gun on us. So continue those prayers for our loved ones. Because you got to realize these are our... Our spouses out there these are our partners these are our children these are these are our brothers and our sisters these are our mothers our fathers our aunties our uncles our grandparents you you can use the legal fund 
I have posted those links numerous times. That's what we need assistance with. Yenny liver. We, we, I, the GoFundMe needs to go, get blasted. Weaka Eagleman GoFundMe account needs to be blasted. The legal fund needs to be blasted. The Mikasi Camp uh, GoFundMe needs to be blasted. And remember, we are not the ones that pulled any weapons. We are not the ones that had an AR-15 and, and aiming it at people. Remember to stay in prayer and, and to send assistance when needed. They did zip tie elders and they left them sitting on the ground. That is true. That is true. They were slamming people into the ground and they, they did kill a horse. People over pipelines. We're fighting a multi-billion dollar industry. We're fighting the 1% and we're, we're holding. <sighs> a multi-billion dollar industry. Dakota Access is 1,172 miles long, pushing 450,000 barrels to 570,000 barrels of sweet bock and crude. The $6 million emergency fund that North Dakota had allocated for, for a state of emergency has been depleted, meaning they are out of money and out of funding. So these out-of-state law enforcement that are coming in, like from Nebraska, Minnesota, Wyoming, and Montana, they're not going to be reimbursed by North Dakota. They are not going to be reimbursed by North Dakota. And remember, 11, 11 oil companies from Bakken, North Dakota declared bankruptcy. Remember this. They declared bankruptcy. So the $6 million of state of emergency that North Dakota had allocated has now been gone. Is now gone. They have no way to pay for the extra law enforcement that's coming in. And, and the... Um, so these extra law enforcement from Nebraska, Ohio, um, Minnesota, Wyoming, and Montana, you are not going to be reimbursed by North Dakota because they have expended all of their funding. Their funding has been depleted. So Dakota Access LLC is very similar to the KXL. Keystone pipeline that was vetoed out by Obama. When you line up the maps of Dakota Access LLC maps to the key, KXL Keystone, they are very similar. So they found a way past government regulations, past federal law. North Dakota Puck, South Dakota Puck, it is on testimony that that Standing Rock Sioux Tribe has been opposing this. And had no consultation. This is testimony. This is legal testimony. Can be held in a court of law. North Dakota Puck, South Dakota Puck offices have testimony from the THPO office of Standing Rock saying there was no consultation between the tribes and Dakota Access LLC and the Army Corps of Engineers. This is legal documents. So the U.S. District Court ruled in our favor, did not rule in our favor, and did not hear to to the legal testimony that was given to them. We are fight. We are we are fighting a multi-billion-dollar industry that has bought out the, the government. That's exactly why Trump and Hillary Clinton has not made a statement thus far 
about Dakota Access LLC. This is exactly why Obama has not made a statement about Dakota Access LLC. Because the government is bought out. We need people. 10 million people. We're, that's who we're standing for. 10 million people strong. 1851 Fort Laramie Treaty is a federal law. The United States government is not upholding their own federal law. This is unceded law. This is unceded land that we are on. And they are illegally on it. From the Black Hills to the east bank of Missouri River belongs to the Lakota, Dakota people that was stolen. Stolen land. And it's unseated. We have never given up that power. And Lakota, Dakota people will never, ever sell out. Ever. So, <clears throat> prayers for our warriors. Prayers for our protectors. Prayers for our mothers, our fathers, our sisters, our brothers, our spouses, our partners, our husbands, our wives. This is the real deal. This is it. We were attacked by North Dakota. We were fully blown attacked today on our own land. This land belongs to us. The 1851 Fort Laramie Treaty, this belongs to us. We are the original stewards and the caretakers of this land. That's why Creator has made us live here for so long. Because Creator wanted to make sure that someone would stand up for who, for our land and our future. And I really believe that Creator put this battle on my people as Standing Rock. Because we're strong. I really believe that. I believe... Standing Rock, we're, we're strong. And remember, nothing happens for a reason. And you got to keep that faith. And you got to keep that, that prayer. And and uh, and recognize that nothing happens for a reason. Everything we're doing, wherever, wherever you're at, there's a reason why you're there. If you are at home, there's a reason why you're at home. If you are on the front lines, there's a reason why you're on the front lines. If, if you are help coordinating Getting wood, getting water, getting food, getting winter gear together. There's a reason for that. We're all put here for a reason. And for the youth, I want our children to know how much they are loved. Anytime they look at any of those clips, I want to know. I want our children to know how much they are loved. Anytime they look at camp, they look at those pictures, they need to know they are loved. And that's why we're there, is for them. Because we love them. It's not a crime to want clean drinking water. It's not a crime to stand physically in the way of a multi-billion dollar industry and to have a militia attack us. We are Lakota Dakota people. We are strong, but we need assistance at this time. Whatever you can do, whether it's coordinating getting wood, whether it's coordinating getting winter gear, whether it's coordinating and donating money, we need the people right now. 10 million people is drinking water. Um, I'm just going to be doing a quick update. This is Sylvie McAdam. I'm at Treaty, I mean, I'm at um, Standing Rock. 
in uh, North Dakota. So all night we were at the camp there, all night we heard helicopters and there was helicopters um, shining a spotlight on uh, the horse, um, horse riders and looking for them and it was just, I can't believe how much um, energy and time is spent on the kind of money is spent just the military that's out here is just incredible it's, a, it's uh, I'm shocked actually I'm really shocked and also they have a military vehicle a military Hummer on top of a hill and it's uh, it has graveyards and it's a sacred site and they have it parked right there and there's like military vehicles on the side of the hills and the vehicles that are, are burnt are still on the bridge and we're unable to cross that bridge until the military or the police give, give permission. And the other thing as well is that um, if anyone crosses that without uh, the permission or approval of the police, they're automatically charged with a felony. A felony means that you cannot ever come to the U.S. or there's limitations to, to coming to the U.S. once you're charged. So um, for me, sleeping at the camp all night, um, hearing the um, helicopters and the airplanes flying over where hundreds and uh, I think even thousands of people are sleeping was disturbing. Like. I didn't see anyone armed, I didn't see any guns, there was just, um, I wanted to let people know that, that there, and also um, no one's really been injured except for gunshots and different things like that, I mean uh, uh, rubber bullets and a horse has also been, been injured and if you look behind me over there you could see uh, at the road the entrance of the reserve you could see police vehicles monitoring and the the road so it's it's like that on um, from what I understand entrance points of, of Standing Rock so that's my update for for today so I see a lot of police and military activity here and I'm shocked that they would expend that much time and energy to protect a corporation. That's what it's come down to, folks. It's to protect a corporation and the, the amount of energy they, they're do, expending is just incredible. Incredible. So I'm letting you know people are peaceful here. They're still singing their songs. They're incredibly um, uplifting to be here. It's incredibly uplifting. So, Ixa, thank you. And again, um, Idle No More is in solidarity with Standing Rock. Hey, hey.
Andy Mossett with the Indigenous Environmental Network. I am standing on Media Hill at the Ocheti Shakoin camp. It is October 29th. We have been barricaded into the camp by the Army Corps, uh, the National Guard, not the Army Corps, the National Guard, and by the police. Um, they blocked off the bridge just north of the camp, so we can't, can't take the road that way. They blocked the easement from the south, and they blocked the easement from the north, and um, we're standing here and we're looking over on the hill right now, and we can see two, two military tanks on the hill, and then just behind them um, are bulldozers. They are on the east side, and they are digging, and they are building the road to the river. And they're going underneath Highway 1806 right now. We are here trapped in the camp. Um, if you look, uh, I'm trying to make it so it's not blurry, but right there, hope it clears up. It's blurry, I'm sorry. That's a, that's a tree and that's a tank right next to it. I know it's blurry, but that's a tree right there and that's a tank on the hill right there. It's actually a tank, and then if you look to the left, right here, I know it's hard to see, but... So there's the tra tree and the tank, and just to the left, there are two bulldozers. There are two bulldozers right here. You can't see it, what I'm showing you. It's all blurry, but right there, they're digging. And I know the connection is weak. They're probably trying to block me out right now. We're here. I know the connection is weak. I'm sorry. Uh, we're, we're, we're trapped. We're trapped to the south. They are protecting the easement. This is us here in the camp. We're, um, we're talking about what we can do. It's pretty... It's, it's, it's not a good feeling. Um, they're letting people go up to the frontline camp to get the teepees. That's how we know that they're working underneath the road there on... Um, 1806 right there just a little bit from this angle there's a there's a bridge and that bridge is blocked by tanks by army national guard and over on the hill right there so it keeps pausing my signal but right there is a tank there was two, two or three tanks on the hill right there it keeps trying to reconnect <sighs> yeah the connection is weak the plane is flying overhead that's why it's scrambling my signal there's a plane yeah, every time that plane comes over, they scramble us. So there's the Missouri River right there. And there's Dallas's face. Any good reception or no? No, the connection is weak. It keeps scrambling me. There's the Missouri River right there. There's the tanks on the hill. And um, right there, the tanks right there. And that's where they're digging, right? where I'm zooming in right here. There's two bulldozers. Where there, where you see where it's dark, that's because dirt was removed. And so there's where they're digging, right here where it's dark. You can see dirt is what you can see. You can see the tank by the tree. And over here is the Missouri River. Um, we haven't given up. We have, we know that they still have to bring in the heavy call equipment, they have to build the pad, and um, it just, um, we had 143 water protectors. <clears throat> yeah. 
that were arrested yesterday, so far we've had to pay $173,000 to bond people out. There are still people that are being held in jail on no bond. They're handing out felonies left and right. The charges have been um, inciting a riot, public nuisance are the misdemeanor charges, and the felony charges are um, harm, intent to harm by fire. Anybody that was standing by or near the fire has been charged with a felony. It has costed them $1,500 each to get them out. Our cars were impounded, over 100 vehicles were impounded, even though they told us they wouldn't be. It was, um, it's $840 per vehicle. So it's gonna be about $80,000 to get all of the cars out of the impound lot. We're asking people to continue to donate at sacredstonecamp.org to our legal defense fund. We have um, a call out. We're asking people to help us so that the Army Corps of Engineers doesn't allow the permit under the water. We're still asking for a full environmental impact statement to be done. They still do not have the permit to bore underneath the Missouri River. There's a plane. There's a plane flying around and it's, it's scrambling my signal at the camp. And we're trapped in camp by road. We, we can't go north there. The, the National Guard put tanks on the bridge and barricades and we can't go out to the north and we can't come down. So the police and the National Guard are protecting a multi-billion dollar corporation so that they can build Dakota Access Pipeline. We still believe that we will win. We still believe that we can. It's just that a lot of people are traumatized by what happened. Um, I don't know if you guys saw it, but there's video on Unicorn Riot. The video shows clearly that a man came behind me and assaulted me. He pushes me. He came behind me on our side and pushed me into the police. It's at time frame 6.44 in the Unicorn Riot video. Um, there is uh, another 6.07 when he's trying to grab somebody else. There are pictures of that same man throwing rocks at the police. There are infiltrators and provocateurs in our camp. And people need to know that we have been standing in prayer and ceremony. And we've been doing that today uh, with Chief Marble Looking Horse. We prayed on the bridge. We've been out with our pipes, the chanupas, and loaded the pipes that we pray with. We've been praying, we've been singing and drumming here today to reground ourselves in ceremony. We were told that we will win in ceremony and prayer. If you've seen any negative coming out of the media, it's because of the people that are trying to get in and infiltrate our camps that are causing these things to happen, the negative things to happen. 
and we need you to continue to call the Morton County Sheriff's Department, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wisconsin, Wyoming, all these ones that are sending their police forces over here to protect an oil industry pipeline, which is becoming obsolete before it's even built. The price of oil has dropped so low. The amount of oil being pumped out of the Bakken Shale oil formation is so low that this pipeline is becoming obsolete before it's even constructed. There are charts, there are graphs that show that they may not even need this pipeline. And so why they're continuing to allow it is beyond me. We don't know where our president is. We don't know where you are, Obama, but we could really use your help out here. Um, we're trying to protect the water for your children too. can't live without water. We have alternatives to oil. We, we have alternatives to oil. We have no alternatives to water. And I'm um, like, it's really hard right now watching them, watching the tanks on the hill and, and watching the bulldozers digging on the east side. They forcibly removed us from the camp two days ago. And, um, you probably saw some of the footage. The guy next to me was shot. Um, it broke his ribs. There was, the skin wasn't broken. He was shot with something. Uh, it broke his ribs. I got sprayed in the face with pepper spray along with several other people. Our, our, our elders were arrested while praying and taken. Again, 143 arrests, $173,000, over 100 cars impounded, $80,000 to get those out. And today, Energy Transfer Partners and Dakota Access Pipeline are building. They're going underneath 1806. They are on the east side of the river. We can see them from the hill. We can't get out by road. There are tanks blocking the bridge. And so we need you. We need our, 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 our warriors to come. We need the boat people to come and stand with us and bring your canoes and bring your kayaks. Bring them to the Missouri River and stand with us. This battle is over. It's not even close to being over. We're here. We plan to be here. We plan to continue to hold the line against injustice for Native Americans, us. I'm Mandan Hiradza Rikra and I'm being attacked in 2016 for defending the sacred. And they are being protected by the police, by the government, and we need your help. If you can't be here, please donate to indigenousrising.org. Please donate to sacredstonecamp.org. Please pray for us. Continue to send your prayers because I think that's why nobody got hurt. Nobody got killed. No humans got killed. We did lose a horse. A horse was shot by the police and it had broken legs and it had broken ribs and it laid there in pain on the ground. It laid there dying and so they shot it.
um, because it was too hurt, it was too injured, and so they had to put down the horse that the police shot at, and so we lost a horse relative yet two days ago. People were injured with minor injuries. No, no humans were killed. There was some reports of that that didn't happen. But we did lose our horse relative from the horse nation. And um, a lot of people are um, just dealing with PTSD right now um, because it was like a war zone. We're citizens of this country and we're supposed to be the ones that are protected. None of us are criminals, we're water protectors, and what they did to us was they made us criminals. They handed out felonies, they handed out misdemeanors, they made us criminals. Felonies that are going to follow people for the rest of their lives for protecting water. I want to turn this around again. We're here at the camp. This is the Ocheti Shakoe camp. That's 1806 over there, and the, the bridge is completely blocked by tanks. They're building underneath, and as I go along the hill, when I zoom in here, that tree up there, there's a tank. There was three of them, now there's only one. I know it's blurry, I have a camera. And there's a tank on the hill, and just to his left, where you see that ridge where it looks darker, right here, I'm just gonna zoom in, it looks dark on top. That's where the bulldozers are. And they're bulldozing on the east, side of highway 1806 right now and um we need people to come because the missouri river is right there and we need people to help us to protect the missouri river for the 18 million people that are downstream for the millions more that are downstream of that we need president obama to demand a full environmental impact statement we need the Department of Justice to come out here and, and see what's happening to us. We need you to go to your Army Corps of Engineers offices and we need your help. I'm just really um, triggered right now, but people here have, we never gave up hope. And um, we, we, just, we just really need your prayers. And so that's my update. People have been asking for an update from camp. And so I just wanted to do that really quick and um, let you know that most of the people got out. Some of them are still in jail. They're being held. No bond. They're not bonding them out now. I don't know why they let some people out. They took us to Devil's Lake. They took us to Fargo, Jamestown, Bismarck, Mandan. They built cages. They look like dog kennels. And they uh, put our people in cages because there wasn't any room in the jail cells. And so they put us in cages like dogs. And they charged us with felonies. And they shot at us. And they sprayed us. And they attacked us with MRAP sound machines. And, um, and now they're digging. So, send your support any way you can. We really, really appreciate it. Um, send support for strength. And I'm going to go and charge my phone. 
and um, odds and get odds, everybody. Please do what you can and help us in this fight. And if you can be here, if you can get here, if you can bring your canoes and your kayaks, please get here now. We, we need people right now. We can't wait because we're watching them destroy sacred sites in front of our eyes. And they have us trapped. They have us trapped. They pushed us back to the reservation. Uh, it's not what happened to us a long time ago. It's what's happening to us right now in 2016. The airplane is coming again, so it's going to scramble my signal. So I'm going to go. But we really appreciate all of you out there watching. We appreciate you for your support. Matsugirads, thank you. Hey, Nachji. So yesterday, anytime I tried to go live, um, my phone just didn't work. Kind of crazy. Which is cool because there was a huge healing ceremony yesterday that was led by Lake She Orville Looking Horse. And it was really nice to have all the jingle dressed asters there and just praying because um, we've been living with post traumatic syndrome uh, all our lives. Um, because we are indigenous, because we are here first, and because uh, the government deliberately set up a system to kill off anyone that is in indigenous North America. The only other person that, that can really understand and relate to us is Jewish people. Like, straight up. No one else has ever lived with that, except for them. Um, so... Like they, because they were deliberately tried to be annihilated, right? Basically, and uh, so yesterday was just really, really healing, and uh, they really did try to break our spirits. Um, all of that's true about what they did to the water protectors, putting them in dog kennels, marking them with numbers, like how how they did with the Jewish encampment, um, how they uh, uh, spread them out and would not let family members know which jail their relative went to. That's all true. It was an Easter egg hunt. We had to, f and uh, so 120 people went to jail, and it was 15 a flat 1500 to get each one out. 120 people went to jail on Thursday, and it was 1500. Um, funny part is though that's a little less than than 200 thousand, right? It's 200 like a, yeah. Do the math. I don't know what the math is. Um, but North Dakota reported that they lost a total of 500000 that day. <laughs> because there was no construction. Um, because they had all these other military officers there. And uh, they had the military there. Um, there was no one killed. I'm going to keep saying that. There was no one killed on Thursday. A horse was shot to death by rubber bullets. And that proves that rubber bullets are not safe. That if a horse can be killed by a rubber bullet, then so can a human being. So can it keep a human being. Um, so last night, I was in camp up until midnight last night. And then I just, I, I wanted to go check on my kids. I wanted to come back down and, and, and be with my, my other family. Um, because yesterday was all about healing. It's like straight up. Like, I hugged all my friends, like, I went to high school with. I hugged all my cousins and my, my, my little baby. Like, he's my hunkah brother. But he, me and him are really tight. Um, 
because me and him have the same degree and you know like he literally fights for the same thing that I fight for we're both about Lakota revitalization we're both about um Lakota history and, and so me and him just understand a lot of things and um me and him it was really trippy that when we met um me and him had the exact same degree and it was even trippier that me and him were um had the same job and it was even trippier that and then um you know like we we knew the same stories and uh he, he asked me like it was right after we met he's like how do you know all this and i said well because i'm nosy <laughs> like i'm straight up nosy i'll keep asking questions and um just to hear his account and then my my other friend karen just to hear her account and, and like, oh my God, just to hear those stories from their mouth and everything they had to endure on Thursday was just really, it was really traumatic, but it was also really healing. It was really good to hear it from themselves and then to have those prayers and then the, the dancing of the Jingle Dress Dancers were just really beautiful yesterday. Um, so anyways, this morning at one o'clock, uh, there was a fire on the west side of Highway 1806, and the campers called it in, and North Dakota public um, emergency people did not respond. It was called in at 101, and North Dakota didn't send anyone to prevent this fire, which is crazy because... <coughs> um, North In August, North Dakota declared a state of emergency against the water protectors uh, because the state of North Dakota is protecting a, a private company and not, not its own residents. Um, a state of emergency is not supposed to be, the funds are not supposed to be allocated for for protecting a company. That is illegal. That, I mean, that's, that's not a state of emergency. What is a state of emergency is earthquakes, floods, and fires. So the fact that those are the three things that that is a state of emergency and the fact that that there was a a fire across a prairie fire that that took off and they didn't respond to it that shows you how full of shit North Dakota is like straight up because that's what an emergency is that's a real deal emergency the attacks on Thursday were not an emergency the barricades going up is not an emergency what was an emergency was a fire that they didn't respond to. And, um, that's a real emergency. And they didn't respond to it. The call went in at 101 a.m. It was just, like, crazy. Crazy. Um, yeah, so it's just, like, it's all of it. It's all corrupted. I remember Gandhi said that. Gandhi has said it. That um, when the government has gone so corrupt, it is our sacred duty for civil disobedience. And I'm going to keep reading it. Gandhi has said that. If the government is so corrupt, it is our sacred duty for civil disobedience. And recognizing that, that, that the governor of North Dakota... Um, has private investments in it. 
and then recognizing that that Heidi Heidi Camp is full of shit, and she um she also has private investments in it, and then the same thing with all the rest of the North Dakota, um, political players. They all have private investors, or they come from a private oil company family. What they are not telling people is that um, 11, 11, um, 11 private oil companies have gone bankrupt. So now, so like I said, a real emergency took place. A real state of emergency took place. There was a prayer fire last night. Um, North Dakota declared a state of emergency against the water protectors back in August, but yet they don't have. They spent all that six million. So meaning that Ohio, Minnesota, Nebraska, Wyoming, and Montana, the extra law enforcement that came on, um, they're not going to get reimbursed because North Dakota already spent the six million. Okay. So those extra law enforcement, wherever the hell you are at, wherever they come from, if you have family members out there, you better get on their phone and be like, dude, you're not going to get paid for this. Because North Dakota is broke and the Bakken area oil oil is, is getting dried up and hence the 11 private companies have to declare bankruptcy. So, yeah, that's what's up. So with that, I hope you guys, no one was killed. No, no little boy, no little girl, nobody was killed. Uh, nobody died of a heart attack from having fear. Okay? So there's a lot of bullshit out there. The sites to trust, there's a lot of bullshit out there. The sites to trust, straight up, is Dallas Goldtooth, um, Weaka Eagleman, uh, Standing Rock Stew Page and, and Sacred Stone and realize that, that a lot of people are throwing a lot of propaganda out there straight up and you gotta triple check everything you do, you really do alright oh yeah so so um, yeah it's just it's crazy all of it's just crazy so Doksha My name is Trenton Casillas Bakeberg. I'm from Shine River Sioux Tribe Indian Reservation, Itasipcho, um, Mini Koju Bands, and I live in Igor Butte. And I've been out here uh, standing with Standing Rock since about mid August, here to protect our water for future generations and, you know, looking after the children here and doing what I can, you know, be up on the front lines and support with prayer and love and keep a positive. Um, atmosphere as much as we can but it's been hard with all the negativity that's been thrown at us from the military police force and uh, I'm here to share my story of what, uh, the events that occurred on October 27 2016 um, I was in uh, I was one of the ones in in the in the sweat in the Anipi when the camp was surrounded by a militarized police force and it was um, one of the most significant events of my life and I just have to take a minute and process it because I'm still going through all the feelings that come with it and I just got out of jail last night I was charged with a felony charge along with everyone because of the fires that were started that day and I really don't know what to say 
Where where were you at when when the fire started? I was sitting in a prayer circle inside of the sacred ground camp, and we had our arms locked because the police officers were beginning to surround the camp. And I could see the smoke coming up, and I just thought to myself, "Oh man, this is not does not look good for our side." And uh, when the when the police were getting closer, um, a man came up behind me and he tapped me on the shoulder, and he said, "We come to sweat." because they had a, a sweat lodge made, and I said, sure, he said, come with me. So I, I stood up, and they closed the prayer circle and locked arms, and so I walked over there, and um, there were heating rocks in the fire, and I walked mm -hmm. up to the sweat lodge, and it was uh, just a little unch sweat lodge. They uh, made it small, but <laughs> we still fit in there, and there was me and another man, and I asked, who's pouring the water? And he said, you are. I said, wow, really? Like, I've never done this before, but it was uh, it was time for me to step up and you know pour the water because in in a, in a nipi when you take that mini wichoni that water and you pour it in, on the hot rocks and it turns into steam that's medicine you know that's the that's the energy of life that we breathe and even if it's not steam there's still water in the air that we breathe every day and that's just how uh, how centered water is around life you know water is everything and so I felt such a great honor to be able to be in that position and pour the water. Mm -hmm. And um, in the first round, I was praying for, you know, the, the grounds around me, you know, that have been desecrated already and praying for my people. I could hear them outside. They were standing up against the, the line of police that was beginning to surround the camp. And um, I began praying for the police officers, you know, that they may open their hearts and their minds to what they're really doing. Oh. Because they don't know. They're just being told by their superiors, you know, go clear out this area so the construction can continue. But deep down, you know, they're human just like us. They've just been fooled from a young age, you know, mm -hmm. to believe in a system that is driven by money. And the money is the power behind this corporate machine that's pushing through our lands right now. And so I prayed for them, for them to realize what they're really doing. And I prayed for our people who are being discriminated against and being violated, you know, their rights were violated, my rights were violated that day. And, um, you know, through the through the doors, I kept on pouring the water and singing prayer songs. I even sang a, a Sundance song because it's, I don't know too many songs, but it's just what I was feeling at the moment. I felt like we needed that power. And mm -hmm. around the third door, I heard the buffalo come running by. I didn't see it, but the somebody sang a, a buffalo song and they called upon the Buffalo Nation and they actually came. And I thought that was a really powerful thing. And so, um, it was it was very powerful. So uh, I wanted to ask you about you know how you said that uh, they they had strapped you so so tight. So talk about from when they opened the the flap and then they, mm. they tore apart the sweat. So uh, in the minutes leading up to that that moment when they completely surrounded the the Anipi grounds, um, I was singing and I heard explosions outside of the sweat lodge and. Um, I asked them, what was that noise? And they said, they're using flashbangs on us. And I was, I was singing, and I just heard a And then another one. So I got kind of nervous, but at the same time, I was calm because I was so deeply in my prayer. And shortly after that, I heard the officers come up around us, and they were saying, we've given you enough time. I'm sorry, but we need to uh, clear out this area. And just right after that, I, it was dark in the sweat lodge, and they, they tore off the blankets, and I could see light coming in, and then all of a sudden, an arm grabbed mine, and they pulled me out. It was um, it was strange because I saw a mass of people there, but I didn't see 
like people as a individuals I saw them as a whole a collective and it was almost like we were all there together and we weren't separate in my eyes because you know we were all there for the same reason to hold that ground and I felt proud I wasn't afraid when they threw me to the ground I wasn't afraid they said stop resisting and I wasn't resisting I just wanted to make it clear that I was still in my prayer I couldn't mm -hmm. keep singing because they, they were holding me down to the ground and when they put the zip ties on my arms they did it so tight I had bruises and I don't have bruises anymore, but whenever they, uh... So right here is uh, a little bit left of that. Yeah, whenever they uh, snipped them off, after they, they booked me in, I uh, got cut right there. It's a little cut, not much, but it's still something. I, I bled for a while. Explain this right here. Uh, this is, this is my booking number, number 160. This is so Mine does that, there we go. And yeah, um... Honestly, they didn't let me grab my clothes after the sweat lodge. I, I was sitting there in my boxers, you know, basically naked, shivering because it wasn't exactly warm that day either. But uh, I was just asking every officer that went by, can you go get my clothes, please? I'm, I'm sitting here shivering and um, nobody wanted to go get my clothes. And so I believe my clothes are lost to this day. I don't know. I mean, I had nice boots, you know, a good jacket, but it's just material objects, so I let it go. What really matters is the prayer and the love that we bring to the people in the water. And um, so share share with our, our well the viewers just so the viewers know that uh, a sweat is really similar to going in for in the church or in the prayer in the church or next to the altar in church or in the confession if you're Catholic or mm -hmm. you know that's what sweat is is to our indigenous people. But but we also want to talk about um, where do they put you? Do they put you in a jail cell? Uh, no, actually they uh, when they booked us in. They had us um, basically do like a strip search and then they, you know, had to uh, take all your possessions and then they put us in like these cages that looked like giant dog kennels and there was like at least 20 of them in this one next to me and then the one I was in there's like 12 of us, I was like the 13th one and I was only in there for a little bit before they transferred me to another facility. And it was getting back to the prior point, you know, Inikaga or the Inipi is, is like, um, they compare it to being in the womb of your mother. And when you're in there praying, it's between you and Tunkashila. And um, I was praying, and, you know, that's that's basically prayer. Everyone prays, you know, who's, who believes in a higher power. And so imagine if, you know, you were sitting in a synagogue praying and somebody came and ripped you out, or maybe a church, you know, same concept. Uh, I felt really not only physically violated, but, you know, spiritually violated because they broke my, or they didn't break my prayer, but they disturbed it. And, um, you know, it was kind of traumatizing. I, I didn't realize it right away, but it really took a toll on me uh, when I was sitting in jail for a few days. And I, I was asking why, you know, why did this happen? I knew I was going to be arrested by, you know, for supposedly criminal trespassing on that land. But I was okay with the fact, you know, this is what I wanted. And, you know, I just kept praying. I stayed in prayer the, basically the whole time I was detained. And um, that's oh. what it's really all about. What can you tell our users a little bit about what is that land that where the ceremony was at? Um, that was the sacred ground camp, and it's near the Cannonball Ranch, right? Yeah. Yeah. So basically, the Dakota Access Pipeline came in, or the corporation, and said that they own that now, you know, through their eminent domain or whatever. And um, our tribes came back and said, you know, we, we're taking this back, you know, through our allodial title. Or they tried to say eminent domain, but it's really allodial title, I think. And that's uh that's our right as indigenous people 
And so that's why there's such a big conflict because we felt that we were, um, you know, justified in being in the area, and that was directly in in the proposed path of the pipeline. And so that's why the cops came and pushed us out of there. But we we held the ground as long as we could, and um, you know, I was I was detained for a few days for that, and I have a felony charge now, which I'm sure, you know, it's not it's not going to stick because everybody got the same felony charge that day. There was like 140 of us. It's uh, completely unheard of to be in sweat and ceremony and then get charged with a felony. Yeah, it's it's beyond crazy. It's blasphemous, in my opinion. It yeah. makes no sense, but I know I, I stay I stay hopeful and I have faith that you know we'll all make it through this together. I want to say thank you for being that prayer warrior that we needed to be there, and and with that brother. Say that with many blessings to you and your family and that sacrifice and to go in there with sweat. Mm. Aho, thank you for your story. Bilamaya. Hey, everybody, this is Candy Mossett with the Indigenous Environmental Network, and I am um, heading over to the bridge for a women's ceremony this morning to pray. And I just wanted to give everybody an update. Yesterday I posted a very emotional video. I was very emotional watching the bulldozers bulldozing sacred sites and um, I caused some confusion for some people that were watching about the camp. Um, We are blocked in on the north side of 1806 from the bridge. When I said we were trapped, I meant we can't get to the easement. We We can't go and stop the pipeline. They have they have um, trapped us to the south. We can't get up is what I meant. We're not trapped in the camp. Um, anybody that wants to come and stand with us at Standing Rock can still get there. You can take Highway 6 from Bismarck if you're coming from the north. And you can still come up from the south into the camp. Um, you can still get to the casino, which is actually I'm where I am right now. I'm standing in a stairwell to give this update before the ceremony this morning to let people know that Yes, we are blocked in the north entrance. There are um, military vehicles blocking the bridge, um, and we can't get up to the easement to stop the pipeline, but we can get out from the south. So you can, the south is open. People can come in and out to the camp to bring supplies to support us. Um, And also, the vehicles that were on the hills that I see driving around out there. Um, they're not tanks. I think I was saying they're tanks. They look like tanks from really far away. They're um, like Humvees. They're Army National Guard Humvees. They're military vehicles, but I, um, they don't have like cannons on them. <laughs> they're um, military Humvee vehicles. And so I apologize if I caused confusion yesterday and um, I still feel strongly for people to come and stand with us at Standing Rock and um, we we are standing in prayer and ceremony we're doing a women's ceremony uh, prayer a women's prayer this morning on the bridge which is where I'm headed off to right now but please spread the word that um, the camp Sacred Stone Camp or Chetishikoin Camp are open to the south you can come up from the south we can go down to the south and get in and out that way but we can't go up to the easement because they have blocked us off. The police and the military are protecting uh, the easement, protecting energy transfer partners, protecting Dakota Access Pipeline. So um, it appears that they're trying to construct all the way up to the Army Corps of Engineer line, 
which is where they cannot work. Um, they, they have to stop. There's a fence that's built up there. And so um, everything else was uh, accurate <laughs> in my update from yesterday. 143 water protectors arrested, $173,000 to get them out. Um, over 100 cars impounded, about $80,000 to get them out. Please continue to donate indigenousrising.org, sacredstonecamp.org, and um, please, please, please continue to send your prayers because that is what has been um, carrying us through and making us strong. We're strong because of you. We're strong because of your prayers. And we're here and we're continuing to protect the water. And you can come and stand with us. And, and don't be afraid. Um, I just, I was having a moment yesterday and I was crying because I was watching those bulldozers digging up sacred sites. That, where that military Humvee is on the hill, there are 11 burial sites up there. So I was really triggered, and I didn't mean to make anybody feel fear, feel afraid. I didn't mean to make it seem like we couldn't get out of the camp, um, because that's not the case. We can get in and out. They can't hold us down. We're, we're in prayer. We're in ceremony. We are strong. We are united, and, and we just need you to come and stand with us. And come from Highway 6 if you're coming from the north, and on Highway 1806 you can come from the south. The BIA are here. They have a uh, they have a barricade set up by um, Highway 1806, but it's just to um, tell people that they have to turn by Solon, that they can't go north. So they're not stopping anybody. The BIA is um, is really supportive, and they've and the, and the BIA has been really here protecting us. And so shout out to all the BIA folks and all the BIA cops that have been so nice to us and and so protective of us. Um, we really appreciate it. We like seeing your smiling faces out there at that barricade where it's really cold. And I know you guys are standing out there and, and doing your job. And you protected us from that um, that sniper the other day when you went and got him. And we all really appreciate you doing that for us. So come and stand with us and be with us and be in prayer and ceremony. And, and of course, I'm running late. Um, <laughs> I hope everybody else is running late too. I got to get to the bridge where, where we put a woman's call out for a prayer today. Um, our nonviolent direct action trainings are continuing. So can't hold us down. We're going to dance and we're going to sing and we're going to lee 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 and we're going to pray and we're going to protect the water. And so continue to pray with us everybody. And I hope you have a beautiful, beautiful day and uh, be on the lookout for more updates from us. The Standing Rock Sioux and the water protectors who are fighting against the Dakota Access Pipeline have support from around the globe. I am honored and humbled and blessed to have received tons of messages and emails this week from all over the world. I mean, and I truly mean that. Support from Ireland, from um, Thailand, from Canada, from New Zealand, Australia. Uh, it just, it's, it's amazing and a very humbling experience. This isn't about me, of course, but just being out there and being able to connect the land and to share this story. Um, has brought me some really wonderful people to support and follow my work. So again, before we get into this, please share this video far and wide. Let everybody know where you're listening from below. Also, if you'd like to follow me directly, you can follow me on Facebook, Derek, D-E-R-R-I-C-K-B-R-O-Z-E. -R -R -E, and you can find me at the Conscious Resistance Network. And of course, I'm on Activist Post. Thank you guys for following Activist Post. So let's get into it. I'm going to basically focus on the last couple of days because the majority of my reports are already out there, daily reports. Go to my personal page. All the videos are there. You'll see tons of content that I've posted this week. 
But on Thursday afternoon, the inevitable clash that many of us were waiting for while we were out there, the clash between the water protectors who were parked, um, had started a new frontline camp directly on the path of the pipeline using the uh, justification of the 1851 Laramie Treaty, which says that the Sioux never, they never ceded that land. So they basically said, we're going to use our own form of eminent domain and take it back. So that was what was set up a frontline camp, and obviously that sets up a conflict with the police and the pipeline workers. We were, um, you know, I was documenting as well as being there as a supporter and as an activist, um, helping look out, helping, you know, just different tasks that needed to be done. And basically, we knew that the conflict was coming. Thursday, we got the call. We needed lawyers to the front line, so we jumped in a car, me and some friends. We headed down. We left the Sacred Stone camp, went past the Red Warrior camp, up Highway 1806, and headed towards the uh, the frontline camp, which was just further down 1806. But before we got there, we were redirected towards the Highway 134, which is a site, another site of conflict, which is a, a blockade was set up, a fire blockade. And basically, the water protectors over there had set up fires with logs. They uh, were using tires. They were using barbed wire, whatever they could. And on, on the other side of the line, you saw just 100 plus police officers dressed in riot gear. And I have video of all this. You may have heard that, that signal was being jammed. It's absolutely true. It was very difficult to get any live coverage. That's why this is the only day that I didn't have any live video. The rest of the days I was able to get coverage fine. But basically they were jamming the cell signal over there so you could barely get phone calls anywhere. You had to walk you know, a good ways away from where things were happening in order to actually get... Um, you know, get your your message out there, and you definitely couldn't stream live. So, but I have good quality footage on my other camera, and that I'll be editing that tonight and tomorrow, and putting out a mini documentary of the entire week to show you guys what happened every day and how it escalated, and also the way the police treated the people. And basically, the the line was held for a while. Um, I was there filming from the side. The police came in with a, a fire retardant. They were putting out the first flame. And then they, you know, the, the water protectors built a second barricade on this bridge and then a third and they lit them all on fire and the police eventually, the firemen eventually put them out. So when that situation began to get revolved, basically me and my, my friends who were there reporting, we just said, okay, well, let's go check out the other scene, the 1806, the front line that we'd been at for several days before that. And so I went to back to 1806 and by the time I got there, that's when you saw the pictures you've probably seen of the LRAD sound cannon, you know, hundreds of officers spread out. It's, it's intense. I just posted the first video uh, of, from my report. It's literally only 40 seconds, but it shows the moment that I got tased by the police after identifying myself as media, as press and as a journalist. And, um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I've been, I shed tears there at that event. I've been shedding tears, you know, since I come home. I feel like I just have, you know, anxiety. Uh, it's been rough just really taking it all in. There was one point where, you know, me and a friend and, and several other people were trying to connect with these people on a human level, the, the officers, and, and say, like, hey, you don't have to follow orders. You don't have to do this. We can work together. You know, we're one. You know, let's, let's talk about it and they were just stone cold face looking like robots honestly and at one point one of them said I'm not your brother and and that really hurt me because as a person who preaches the message of the conscious resistance and trying to get people to heal and to to develop ourselves as empowered individuals so that we can be the strongest that we need to be it hurts to see somebody that is hurting I know that these people's they have pain and they've been either they've also been propagandized and brainwashed to believe that that you know the that the uh, protesters are their enemy, the protectors are their enemy. They they create an other in their mind, 
and stereotype them and assume all the, the protesters or activists or protectors are all a certain way. And at the same time, the reverse of that is on you know our side of things. There's activists and people who just treat the police like they're all horrible. I think definitely these actions are deplorable and I do not stand by them at all. And they have to make a choice at some point what they're going to do. But I think at this moment, really what bothered me the most is just how out of control things got. You know, and this is also one really thing that one really important thing that I need to emphasize is don't assume that this is just about Native Americans or that this is just about the pipeline. This what you saw and what I'm gonna show you in these video reports this week and in the article and the pictures that I have and what you've seen probably in other places, this is the police state that will come out whenever you oppose them on a local level. Whenever you, you know, what, just think of anything that you want to find. It's not just pipelines. If the people organize, come together in a way that scares the shit out of the system and come together in mass and in numbers and form encampments, occupations, or different things like that, the police will use force. They will use violence. This is what they, they're trained to do. And when I was sitting there watching myself get pushed back further and further, you know, I was, I was in tears basically, I think it's breaking up a little bit, uh, I was in tears basically just watching this happen and honestly the only way I can describe it is I felt like my insides, myself was torn in two and I was watching my other self with the police fight against me you know it felt like I was fighting against myself you know and it was it made me sick and, and in the videos you'll hear me these are going to be raw videos you'll be able to hear how I responded and you can hear me in tears saying this is not how it's supposed to happen this is not supposed to happen it was chaos you know and but that's the truth that's the reality for those of you who are out there and you like to play video games and you like to talk and big online and talk about revolution and this and that I don't think people realistically understand what all that entails. People are going to get hurt. People are going to die. You're going to have to fight people that you care about. You're going to fight your brothers and your sisters. I want to move past revolution. Revolution implies revolving, going in circles over and over. I want to evolve and move forward. That's what the Conscious Resistance is about. That's what Activist Post is about. We're trying to get you guys out there who are paying attention, who see things that are taking place, to organize so that we don't have to deal with these situations. Because if we do not have a plan and do not organize for how to confront our brothers and sisters on those front lines and to defend ourselves, not to go and, and to be killed, but to defend ourselves and to find ways to prevent these things from happening, we're going to see some, some dark days ahead. And unfortunately, I do believe things have to get worse before they get better because there's such a mass of the world that will not change their ways until the things that they hold dear are, are challenged. But for those who are already paying attention, who are on the cusp of this and are thinking for the next generation and are thinking long term, we have to start making plans. It was a very disturbing day to say the least. Um, I was tased, I was pepper sprayed, the, I was also grabbed by one of the cops. Thankfully I was able to wrestle free of him. I've got both of those on video. Um, I also, you know, I witnessed um, other people being tased and I had friends who were hit with rubber bullets. Um, it's just, it was a police state out there. It was a total and complete police state. There's no, there's no other way to describe it. And it was disgusting to see, but unfortunately it's not the same, it's not the first police state-like action that I've been at as a journalist and as an activist here in the United States. You know, I was in Boston after the Boston bombing reporting there, and I watched them shut down that city and turn it into a police state. 
So the government and their corporate partners, like in the case of the Dakota Access Pipeline, will use whatever justification they have or whatever fight that we push against them in order to implement the plans that we know they have. They have Rex 84, look into that if you don't know. Your own government has plans on what to do if they need to instill, install martial law in the event of different types of emergencies. This is not conspiracy, these are facts. And other journalists, the, the corporate deadstream media journalists, are not going to tell you about this because they want you to think about things in terms of who's going to be elected or what Trump is saying or what Clinton's saying or, or uh, you know, just thinking about this fight against the pipeline is just that. It's just a fight against the pipeline, but it's so much bigger than that. This is a clashing of worldviews between those who think of the future and think of the seventh generation, think about the actions that they take now and how they will affect the future, and those who are trying to evolve themselves to create a better world and to create better mechanisms to govern ourselves and to create more sustainable healthy options for the people, the planet, and everyone else who resides here and future generations to come. That worldview and the worldview that is stuck in ego is stuck in the now and not in a, an enlightened standpoint, but in a standpoint that says what I do now matters and that's it. I'm not going to think about the future. So if I make money by extracting minerals or resources from the earth that are, can only last for so long or are destructive, or if I push this person or I abuse this person or if I hurt this community, it's okay because, you know, I got to think about my family. And, and I know there's plenty of people who say that, well, it's just a job, right? We got to, you know, I got to feed my family somehow. Well, what if everybody who was worried about it just being a job and worried about following orders decided to quit on the same day? And then you pull your resources together and you create an, a private security force that's going to go out there to protect the protesters. I guarantee you people would be willing to support you and happy to pay for those services, to have cops, ex-cops, people with training, join them to fight against this and to defend them against that. And then you could feed your family and you could do it with your heart and your mind still intact. Because when I was out there, I heard people saying, what are your, what are your kids going to think about this? What are your children going to think about this when they see you doing this? What are you going to think about next time you're drinking water and you're sitting there with your daughter and thinking about how you pepper sprayed peaceful people? You know, these are the things that these individuals have to deal with. I do want to report this, that it was confirmed to me by someone who was arrested that some of the police officers actually turned in their badges. There was two, I've heard this several times, but I know for sure with uh, one of the interviews that I will be releasing with the woman who was arrested last Saturday said that the police, basically one of the guys was like, you know, she was talking to him and said, you drink water too, brother. You know, how, how are you going to do this uh, against me? And he said, you know, this is what I signed up for. And he told her this would be his last shift. And apparently in front of other people went in and turned his badge and quit right there on the spot. Um, I don't believe that was just some BS I was being fed. I think that there's, um, you know, that, that this, is, this is a reality. And it may seem like a distant reality because, as I said, it was very heartbreaking for me to be on that front line and looking at these individuals. They were robotic, man. They were robotic zombies or just so heavily propagandized. There was no human in those eyes. And it hurts my heart to see that from my brothers and sisters. Um, fresh out of Burley County here in Bismarck. Um, yeah, man, it's, uh, what happened yesterday was very, uh, emotional. Uh, I can't, I don't want to say too much. Um, I'll just tell you my experience. Um, it was, uh, it's hard, man. It was hard to watch them approach that ridge, you know, same site where the dog attacks were. And it was hard for to watch, you know. Um, I remember being up there when the dog attacks happened and camping up there at the front line. 
and one of the tribal historian preservation officers coming up and telling us, you know, there's a sacred site right there where there's a there's a formation and they were driving all over it with their vehicles, you know. And another lady was saying they're, you know, they're digging up a Rickerall graves. Um, you know, they're digging through all kinds of graves. And you can feel that energy being disturbed, you know. It was, uh, it was tough. Tough to, tough to process it all. I just, you know, I just want to let people know everything's all right, man. We're good. I'm just sorry. I got, got out of jail. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't bad. I mean, it's jail. We're just waiting on the rides now. If there is a ride. I'm not too sure if there is, but... Um, shout out to everybody that was, that's been supporting, that's been watching. This shit ain't no joke, man. They want us... They'll kill us if they wanted to, man. If they could, but if there was no media there, they would kill us all. They had fucking assault rifles, everything. And it was a trip, because... It like took you back to when it was the 1800s, you know, watching soldiers move in. They're ripping tents out the ground, going inside the teepees. It was a, uh, it was surreal, and it was a, uh, it was hard to watch. You know, it was hard to watch them come in and just rip apart people's camps. You know, we're unarmed. I was watching the news in jail, and they. They said that a bunch of shit that just didn't make sense, man. And it was untrue. KX News likes to lie, man. They're working with Dapple. Everybody is in conflict up here in North Dakota. That way. They all work together. And it's just sickening. Sickening to know the forces and the evil entities you know you're, that we're fighting. So shout out to everybody that was out there uh, protecting sacred sites. If you feel, if you hear the call and you feel it in your heart, come out. I, mean, I encourage you. I don't speak for anybody. No camp. No nothing. No none of this and that. If you feel it in your heart. Follow your heart. I'm not even reading the comments, but let me see. Hey, Auntie Louise. Love you. Um. What up, Terrence? Artson. Soup, Chantel, hi everybody, Tammy, Kim, Sherry, Sam Bahi, what up? Um, yeah, man, it was just, it was hard to hard to watch all that shit and not be not not be up front, you know. You was you can't run away from that stuff. It, myself, I couldn't do it, you know. I couldn't fucking back down. Not when I'm watching. Them just over that ridge, it was insane, man. But you know we're all right. We were um, arrested, taken to Morton County, then processed out to um, different parts of the state. <coughs> I purposely didn't bring my wallet because I've heard that they've been taking money out, so I don't want that shit to happen. But. They pepper sprayed us, they fucking shot off with flashbangs, the sound cannon. Um, I think a lot of us are getting used to the pepper spray, to be honest.